0: Hey, girl, we're trapped between these trucks, man. Hold on, brother. I'm gonna make this mother fly. Yeah, but this ain't no airplane gun. Well, if it ain't, brother, we're in a lot of trouble.
1: Jim Brown's a fistful of dynamite.
0: Black gun. All right. Uh, welcome to episode 86 of Unsocial Spectators.
1: Hey, uh, now, how's it going, man?
0: Pretty good. So, this week we watched Black Gun from 1972. <laughs> well, what'd you think of it?
1: I loved it. It was fun. I mean, I yeah. love these old uh, black PlayStation films, and uh, this was a pretty big deal. It had Martin Landau in it.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and uh, you know, I mean, maybe at the time he was uh, the number one, had been the number one running back of all time.
1: Oh Jim Brown, yeah, like yeah. He, he's he is like a black exploitation star
0: mm-hmm. and he's
1: perfect in this kind of role. like I can easily see that this is the inspiration for Black Dynamite. Um,
0: yeah, 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 there are also some other uh, athletes in the movie.
1: No shit Lambda lambda Lambda's own or not, uh, yeah the Tri-Lamb's Bernie Casey.
0: yeah, and uh Vida Blue. Was mm-hmm. a famous pitcher.
1: It was all fun. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of anything that like stood out. I mean, like after watching Black Dynamite, you kind of want to compare some of the things that happened in that movie to this. But this just had a lot of fun action, kicking ass, and like that's I love the staple of black exploitation films where the guy is kind of the man. He's the man of the neighborhood. Uh, the man wants to seek him for help, so he's like got a got a position over the the white dudes. Um, I think my favorite thing in the film, though, is when you go through the credits and the story says screenplay by uh, Franklin Cohen. <laughs> that just seems like the guy who would write Black Dynamite.
0: Yeah, and it was, a, it was a, a Columbia release, a big studio, too.
1: Yeah, know? which is rare at the time because these used to be like really low budget uh, kind of fairs to just try to put them in uh, to black neighborhoods to make money. But now we've got like some big money uh, uh, put into this project by studios.
0: Uh, yeah, usually it was like American international pictures and people like that, that were making it. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. This had like a lot of stars in it. I really enjoyed it.
0: Uh, yeah, I totally recommend it. Um, um, I I like the fact that they had, uh, uh, cops, the cops going in with, uh, um <laughs> the uh, the like uh black power guys to save uh,
1: uh black gun. Yeah, <laughs> I I just uh, I some of my favorite stuff is like very reminiscent of like the um, Austin Powers stuff because he while a black exploitation he is kind of like a James Bond of the neighborhood. Like, all the women want him, and all the men want to be him. So, like, he goes to this one apartment, and these two women answer the door, and they're about to just, like, have a three-way until his girlfriend shows up. They were
0: trying to rape him.
1: Well, they were, (laughs) yeah, they were, like, undressing him right there in the doorway, and it was like, Well, well,
0: how many scenes did they uh, get him to take his shirt off? (laughs) every time he got in a fight he got to take his shirt off every time girls uh, went around there taking his shirt off the whole movie was to take off his shirt
1: we should do like uh, a Jim Brown month where we just do Jim Brown movies because he's got like stuff all over the place which is great
0: yeah he did a whole lot of stuff Uh, but you know he you know Before his record got broken, I think by Walter Payton, you know. Oh yeah. So, you know, he held the record for for many many years.
1: Yeah, went out on
0: top. That's oh well. yeah, he he could have still kept playing, but yeah. he uh, just decided that 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 was enough, and because he could. Uh, make movies. He it, he could make more money making movies in, in the NFL. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so what else have you been watching?
1: Oh, God. I gotta get into this one. Do you, have Netflix? Do you have Netflix? No. Okay. Well, then I'm gonna spoil the fuck out of this one. <laughs> Escaping Twin Flame. Have you heard of this? No. Okay. So during the pandemic, there was this couple who started, we're just going to go ahead and call it a cult now at the beginning,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, a cult called Twin Flame. And it is, for the most part, looks like carried out over the Internet on Zoom. Like they have a few beat ups in real life, but these people basically created a cult over the Internet. Uh Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the whole point of the cult is to find the person you're supposed to be with. So you have a lot of lovelorn people who show up and they're mainly women uh, who are, you know, like, Oh, I lost this love or I'm looking for someone real, or I'm looking for this. And so you've got these different stories that come into the, to the fold. And the first couple that, uh, that put this together um, get a, get a couple early on this one girl who is uh, into this guy, but things aren't really working. So she's like trying to seek out how do how do I make this work? And so the, the constant motivation by this couple to get people is like, if that is your twin flame, then you must pursue it at all costs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is the worst advice ever. So you have, you have the first girl who gets together with a guy who is, is not a good fit. It's a bad fit all the way around. She, uh, and, and, but because they're part of this cult, it makes the cult look better if they're together. So there's this pressure on them because it's almost like a multi-level marketing thing, because as you, as you ascend, then you need to bring more people with you to find their coupling. And so people are kind of forcing couples to be together that may not work together. One girl. So, so, so there's like a structure. So they got this top tier and then the second tier are these early adopters. Well, this girl, you know, she, her and her husband fake it to ascend, you know, because, because once you join a cult like this, you're, you're inside. Like there's no outside. You're just bringing people in.
0: Now wait um, a minute. If it's a cult, who's making money?
1: The the top people because they sell classes on how to find your twin flame, and we're talking like thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollar classes. Oh, and okay. The, yeah, and the bottom line is. And
0: is there one guy fucking everybody? Not yet. Oh, not yet. Okay. Yeah. That's how I know it's a cult.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, the dude, he doesn't fuck other people that they show in the documentary other than like in real life <laughs> because he he is very aggressive. They show times when him and his wife are supposed to be like, you know, well, they run it together and she would like talk over him and he would shut her down and hush her up real quick. Hmm. And um, and so eventually, as the time grows, like the dude starts comparing himself to Jesus. Oh, okay. R- grows his hair and his beard. and He's like, look, I look just like this guy. I am that guy. But I've got more help for you than anyone else. Of course, the white Jesus, <laughs> the white Jesus. It's yeah. very much the white Jesus.
0: Because he knows what he looks like. He had a
1: photograph of Jesus. And he says, see here, I look yep. just like him. If there's any rule rude to follow, white Jesus is going to fuck you.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, yeah.
1: So so this other girl that they've pulled in who's faking being in a couple, she's over this other couple that she's trying to get to be together. She's like, pursue pursue him. This dude was a criminal. He was in Utah. She moves to Utah to be with this criminal. He's very aggressive and angry. She You know, like everything that shouldn't work and then she would get on stage and lie about everything you know like these women are just putting themselves in terrible situations but doing it for the money and for the cult and so things are going along and this is like 2020 or like this is 2019 for uh some people because it would get into the uh, uh covid times And so you would have these groups of people that uh, are all online trying to meet other people. And then they realize they have an abundance of women. So then they would start talking to some of the women and they or some of the people and they go, look, homosexuality is not bad, but (laughs) there are male energies and female energies. And and so, like, they wouldn't talk down homosexuality, but they would. Point to someone and say like you're you were born a woman but you're definitely more masculine you're 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 definitely going to be the man in a relationship and you should be with so and so so these people would start to question their gender and mm-hmm. so you would have women mm-hmm. that would start to dress like men and take on men uh men's uh haircuts dress And some of them even started to get surgeries. Yes. Through a cult? Yeah, through a cult. But they did it of their own free will because the cult told them to, so then they pursue every avenue of it because the cult told them, well, you're actually, you're born a woman, but you should be a man, you have masculine energy, and you should be with this woman. So you would see these couplings of like, and there's even one where a woman transitioned to a man and a man transitioned to a woman that coupled. And, the yeah, yeah, it is fucking insane. The, and so the government has even gotten involved and said, well, there's no wrongdoing here because these people made these choices of their own free will. Sure. There's, yeah, even though this guy's like, you know, running these $3,000 classes and has a f- huge hold over these people. Um, it is just fucking insane. And so you kind of see at the end, the girl who was like an early recruit is living in a trailer park in an unknown place because a lot of people are trying to escape the cult. And so she, she talks about like how, um, she realized what was going on at one point. I think, I think she said, uh, they said at the beginning Like she goes to the website and discovers that the website is not only just a host for all their web stuff, but they had also put all their documentation online. So all meetings they had had, Zoom meetings, recordings were all on there. So she just pulled it all down and they used it in the documentary. Uh, and And it's fascinating to see these people talk to each other and and build up bullshit and then off screen just break down and cry because they just can't handle what this has done to their life, but they don't know how to escape because it's all tied into their money too. So if they leave, they have nothing and they know no one. So uh, this girl realizes this is a cult because this is the funniest part. So uh, the, the main guy writes to some of the higher ups and says, I want everyone to watch the Nexium documentary and write an essay on why we are not in a cult.
0: <laughs> Dude, there were so many people in Dallas that I knew that were involved in the Nexian bullshit.
1: Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, I thought it was... it was more Austin, but Dallas people?
0: Yeah, well, Austin too, but there were a lot of Dallas people involved in that. I mean, I was attempted to be recruited several times, and I was like, what, what f- are you I... talking about, you
1: know? Yeah, because that one even, I don't know, that one was more like built around recruiting people who wanted to be stars on TV and movie. Oh, my God, my dog! But uh, in the end, this girl, like, starts to write this paper. Hold on. here, Lena. <clears throat> Give me five seconds to let her out. Damn dog. Yeah. uh, uh... Outside.
0: Well, you should have uh, paused it. But I guess I'll just sit here and talk. And uh, we don't have to worry about it because I'm going to make shit up now. So I'm just sitting here making shit up because you didn't pause it. I just make shit
1: up while you didn't pause it. Oh, shit. I didn't pause it. Fuck, I forget we. Were yeah, recording. I had
0: to just mix it up.
1: <laughs> Sorry, um, but while she's writing this essay, that's when she kind of breaks and realizes we're in a cult. So,
0: how do you, how do you just say one day you're like, "Oh my god, I'm in a cult"?
1: Because she got homework uh, to try to disprove that she was in a cult, and she couldn't. so he assigned homework that kind of broke what happened and so so she gets with her husband and she says look this is all fucked up we're fucked up we need to get the fuck out of here and i want to go get my friend that i have brought into this who's fucked up and she's with a bad boyfriend who's on parole and so uh so they like just get in a car and make a run for it And she eventually she's talking to the dude that she's with. She's like, look, you're not my twin flame. This is not working. This is all bad. Uh, I'm going to take off. And so she like takes off with all the web documentation that she had. And she's like hiding out in a trailer. Like most of the people who've left are hiding out on the trailer because he's gone after them legally, uh, but nothing physically that I know of yet. But when you've got this much money riding on it, I think he's probably looking for these people wow that's fucking weird yeah when you see what what's really hard is you do follow this mom's journey who but it's really weird because there's a twin there's a girl who starts off in the documentary who's a twin her sister got into the cult and and she goes when you grow up a twin you always have this connection and when she joined uh twin flame like we lost that yeah her sister is one of those that was talked into transitioning into a man so now she has a twin sister that's now a twin brother that she barely look, sees.
0: Look, we I've, I have relatives, but they're not like they're an, an uncle that is not blood relative, but his uh, uh he has like a like a brother or sister that were in Jonestown. Fuck. Yeah, so uh, this, and I've talked to him about it, and he is like, "No, they were, they were fine," and then all of a sudden, boom, no contact, all that shit.
1: Yeah, they do have a a section of their you know cult where if you have problems with your family, maybe they they're not your family, and that's how they yeah distance from them. Even though they're bringing you into a world of shit, you're going to be with your twin flame. So all the work is worth it.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um. Hey, look, it's that way in regular, uh, religion. I've had friends that, uh, won't talk to me anymore because I'm not religious.
1: Yeah, same. I had, uh, I had tons of people like when I, and it was mainly Facebook. Like Facebook is a great cult, uh, cult ground. But it would be people who like because I wouldn't uh, like my religious designation was atheist. I had people unfriend me. I had people uh, tell me, you know, just what a wackadoo beliefs I have. I had the weirdest engagement I think I've ever had with telling someone I was atheist was my neighbor uh, who said, well, how do you know how to be a good person? Like, right,
0: because you can't have any sort of morals if you don't have a
1: 2,000-year-old a cult tell you what they are. Exactly, exactly. Because, cause like, I would point out, like, the discrepancies in, like, what the church does and what, you know, a, a basic human decency would be, you know. But yeah, it was pretty exciting. There's like three or four episodes. Uh, but yeah, wow, just and everything's kind of taking place on Zoom, so you just feel like, wow, what a cult to just join a Zoom meeting and you believe all this bullshit this guy says. Uh, but it's just people looking for some sort of hope, and that's just how you get a cult.
0: Look, people—they're uh, lonely, and they'll do anything. To feel like they're loved or somebody gives a shit about them, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. So
0: it just takes advantage of that, so.
1: Yeah. Oh, well,
0: what else have you been watching?
1: <laughs> well, here's here's a great transition. I watched a documentary called Atheist America. Mm-hmm. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah. So... I'm a fan of this comic that came out in the 90s called Hepcats. And it, and it was done by this guy named Martin Wagner out of uh, Austin. And he never finished the book. It was an independent book. And in the 90s, like, you know, we're talking like very early Internet. This dude was self-publishing, doing his own art, doing everything on his own. The art's fucking amazing. Like his artist style is uh, uh, inspired by uh, Cerberus, Cerberus uh, the art of comic book and it just looks so good. And the guy never finished the book. So he gets hired. Uh, well, I'm just telling you some backstory on this guy. Cause he's like the co-host of this atheist America, but he keeps disappearing. Like he would, he was doing this comic, then he disappeared. Then he got picked up by a publisher. He did it for a while. Didn't do anything extra and then disappeared. Now he shows up in this documentary. And so I was like, I'm going to see what's going on with this guy. Is he still drawing? Is he still, you know, what's happening this documentary makes no effort to tell a story. Right. I've never seen, I mean, I've seen bad documentaries, but it's always trying to like lead you in a direction. Most documentaries should be kind of open-ended to just tell you the story, let you decide for yourself. This has a lot of their podcast moments with basic callers. Like, well, if you don't believe in God, then this, and then they would debate back. And then they would cut to, instead of having a voiceover a transition or anyone kind of leading the documentary, they would just cut to a scene in a rural Texas church where they're praying to God and start going, talking in tongues. And it gets a little crazy. It's kind of funny because they showed this little circle of people who are all holding hands and praying. And this one woman keeps open her eyes and looks looks at everyone, and she would close, then she would speak in tongues, and then she would look around again. Right. <laughs> but it just shows all the craziness of like Southern churches. And that was well, the balance was like, here's a podcast that talks about no God. Here are the people in the craziest, uh, God situations at church.
0: Uh, um, you know, uh, what's funny. My dad's uncle, uh, when he, uh, you know, he hit about 80 and, uh, this was maybe 10 years before he passed away. And, uh, he all of a sudden became atheist, which is weird because usually the closer people get to death, the more religious they become. Yeah. But he he would uh, talk to us, and we were non-religious, but we didn't preach about it, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Because I've always felt it was a waste of time. Yeah. Uh, so he would try to recruit us uh, to on Sundays go to these atheist meetings to talk about atheism, and we were like, "Look, one of the best things about being atheist is you don't know, you can do whatever the fuck you want on
1: Sunday." <laughs> Exactly. You don't need a gathering. I've always looked at these. Yeah, I've always looked at these groups because I was like, what is the benefit of like going to church? But if you're an atheist, you're just going with like minded people. But all they want to talk about is the Bible and how wrong the church is. And it's like, I don't want to talk about that all day. No,
0: no, no. That's a lot of
1: what this documentary is, is just arguing what the church is doing is bad, you know? I and mean, it, no big deal. Yeah. It was really bad, but I was like really kind of searching for this person who's <laughs> in the movie that says maybe three words. <laughs> oh, well. so I was kind of like, fuck. but the next two movies I watched paid off huge. Oh,
0: okay, good.
1: Uh, The Heist with mm-hmm. uh, uh, by David Mamet. I think it's a 2001 film, uh, right. with Gene Hackman, Danny DeVito, Sam Rockwell. Fucking awesome. I just love this movie. I hadn't seen it in a long time. I, for some reason, I was like looking up Delroy Lindo, uh, because he, he was supposed to do a Marvel thing, and I was like, oh yeah, he's in the heist. I, I need to watch that again.
0: I don't uh, know if I've seen it. I'll check it out.
1: Oh, so good, dude. So good. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, Danny DeVito's done a lot of great performances. This is like one of those it's, it's up there. And and Gene Hackman's always solid. So this is, it's a home run. Delroy Lindo, I don't think he's ever given a bad performance and Sam Rockwell, Sam Rockwell, you know, he sucked in, uh, the, uh, Poltergeist reboot. But other than that, if he just shows up and is cool, that's all that matters. He, it, it was really great. Um, I think I watched that on Tubi. I think it's free. Mm, good. Um, the, the last thing I watched was on Netflix called The Killer.
0: Oh, I've heard about this.
1: Dude. Shelby's going to track down the uh, uh, graphic novel that it's based on. Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah. So, the movie is uh, David Fincher starring Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender's an assassin. Um. And it's a lot of voiceover, which typically I'm not a fan of, but Fassbender does something to his voice to make it very soothing. Right. So when he talks, it's just like, it's peaceful, but a lot of the times when he's talking, he's in very exciting scenes. Like, like Fincher definitely drives up moments of of uh, tension, and then we'll subdue him real quick. He has this uh, bit where uh, Fastbender will put in headphones and be listening to the Smiths. So the whole music, the, the music in the movie is great because it's all the Smiths and he'll be listening to it and then they'll pull you out of his head and it's just like, you can hear it in the background while he's trying to do stuff. Uh, but it's, I, I'm going to say it's the art house John Wick. Oh, okay. Uh, that's the best way to describe it. Fastbender, Tilda Swinton shows up later uh but uh it is fantastic i just you know i really loved it and it fast probably that you know he carries the load of this whole film but when him and tilda sit, sit down that's a great scene um but yeah if you can get if you can get a hold of a netflix for a month it's definitely worth checking out
0: yeah i have a big list of netflix movies i want to see but um I'm gonna get Netflix when my HBO, my Max runs out. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, but they have a cheap like seven dollar a month ad ad Netflix,
1: so I'll do that. Netflix uh, coming broadcast TV. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Anything else? That is it.
0: Okay, so uh, I watched uh, Taken. Yeah, yeah. I mean, great film. Just uh, real fantastic. Liam Neeson's—I think maybe his best film.
1: You know, it's weird that it's a series of films. <laughs> it's yeah, like- I
0: haven't seen any other ones, but uh, is it the same person that gets taken?
1: I—I I think in the second one, it's his wife. And I have no idea who the third one is, but I also know there's, like, a series. Yeah. Do you hear my dog barking?
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Fucking shit. Okay, I'm going to pause it this time and go pause. show it. Did you? I hit pause. Okay, yeah, now it's recording. Oh, recording okay. Or okay, there we okay. Go.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I watched Taken, uh, you know, pretty good movie, Yeah. You- Uh, Lots of action. Real good stuff. Then I watched uh, Buffalo
1: 66. I don't think I've ever watched that because of the stories about it.
0: Dude, that's a really cool movie. I really enjoyed the fuck out of it. I mean, what it it is
1: about Vincent Gallo, he just gives me the bad vibes. Bad vibes. Well,
0: you know, uh, Christina Ricci's great, you know. I mean, it's pretty fantastic. It's about a guy who gets out of jail and he uh kidnaps Christina Ricci and uh, takes her to his house and tries to fool his parents into thinking they're married. I mean, it's a really interesting story, and uh, by the end, she falls in love with them. So weird. Yeah, it's really weird, Uh, but definitely, definitely worth checking out. I think it's free on on Tubi, man.
1: Yeah, it's on Tubi and Pluto for free, and Vudu. Yeah. Jesus Christ! The picture they have for Mickey Rourke showing up in this movie is right after like face surgery his whole face is swollen and shut.
0: Yeah, I don't think it was that I think this is uh, earlier on Yeah,
1: career. this is 98. Yeah. But he even has Jan Michael Vincent. I I I didn't know he was still doing movies after the 90s. Um
0: yeah, I I really like this movie. It's really cool. I think it was uh Directed by uh, Gallo, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is.
0: Uh, Then I watched one out of Albert Brooks' Bonanza. Oh, boy. I watched Albert Brooks' uh, Defending My Life, which is a
1: documentary. The best. You saw that? You've seen it? I've seen Defending My Life. Him with Meryl Streep? No, no.
0: There's a documentary about albert brooks called defending my life
1: oh i did not know this
0: and it's directed by um uh uh, rob reiner
1: because they
0: they grew up together they're friends uh so it's a really good documentary man
1: i didn't even know this existed i'm in
0: yeah, it just uh, came out on HB on Max uh, okay. a few weeks ago, and then I watched uh, "Defending Your Life" with Meryl Streep,
1: Defending which Life. is
0: That's amazing. A- and I also watched "Lost in America."
1: I haven't seen that in a long time.
0: Yeah, definitely worth checking out, especially around watching around the documentary. You know. Uh, it was really cool.
1: <clears throat>
0: then oh, I, I do have
1: a movie to end the podcast with that I watched that I didn't put on the list. That's a weird one.
0: Oh, oh okay. Uh, then I watched uh, Blue Beetle.
1: Oh, we're going to watch that for next week's podcast uh, on my other show.
0: Dude, I enjoyed the fuck out of Blue Beetle. Awesome. I, I think it's my favorite DC
1: uh movie all right then i'm hyped to watch this
0: yeah uh george lopez is fantastic oh good i mean he's worth watching it and then uh blue beetles uh grandma is fucking awesome i mean it's great because it's about family more than You know, that's the main story is family, which is kind of cool. You know, uh, Shazam is kind of like that, but Shazam is more corny. Yeah, this is not that corny, you know. I mean, yeah, well, Shazam's
1: always had that, like, um. Billy Batson, his alter ego was a lot younger than Jaime Reyes is in Blue Beetle, and so it was always like you had this kid who was like, in the comics I think he's like 9 or 10, but when he would turn into the superhero, he would still have the personality of a 9 or 10 year old.
0: Yeah, but definitely you're going to like Blue Beetle,
1: I think. All right, cool. Then I may watch it today.
0: Yeah, it's good. Uh, then I finish Gotham. So D- this is my favorite uh DC TV show of all time. What? It is so fucking good. Wow. So fucking good,
1: man. Wow. Yeah. yeah I mean, have you not watched it? I watched it, but I bailed because it just it, it had this world, like the pitch is, it's, bat, it's it's the rise of the villains in a world without Batman. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of hate that because like the new Madam Web movie is like, it's a Spider-Man movie without Spider-Man. Like, mm-hmm. I hate the element of like the coolest thing you could have in the show. We're not going to put in it. You're just going to watch everything else. Gotham and- is fantastic. And I mean, I love the Penguin and the Riddler, but it wasn't enough for me to stay on. Like, it wasn't, like, they weren't carrying the show. They would depend on a lot of other villains, uh, you know. It just didn't hold on to me in the best way as far as, uh, like, what was going on. Because you would just have these, like, uh, villain moments where, at the end, they tried to force in Batman, and they tried to force in Catwoman. uh, And I felt like, oh, they realized that they need these characters.
0: Dude, I thought I thought it was great. I totally enjoyed it.
1: Maybe I'll put it back on and give it a second chance to finish it out.
0: Yeah, I think you should. Okay. I think you really enjoyed it. Okay, Barky, we're almost done.
1: I know. Jesus, my dog wants outside. I I open the door and then she'll go wandering to the bedroom and see no one's there and think she's lost and start barking.
0: Oh well, what was your final movie?
1: I don't know why I saw this. This is one of the films I saw as a kid in a theater. And it is one of the worst movies, I think, that exists. It's called Nobody's Perfect. It's free on Tubi. It stars Gabe Kaplan. <laughs> so it came out in 1981. It is probably the dumbest thing. And i am trying to figure out. I can't believe this was adapted from a novel. I just saw it. But it so the whole premise of the movie is Gabe Kaplan, Alex Karras, and Robert Klein are uh, in therapy together. But they're all severely, they have severe mental problems. Uh, Alex Karras uh, thinks his mom is still alive. And Robert Klein has multiple personality disorder, but it's only two other characters in his head, one female and one male. And the male just does a James Cagney impression. And then you have Ro- Gabe Kaplan, who kind of leads this group and his mental yeah, his mental illness is he just forgets things. Like there's a gag in. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a gag in the movie that he's with his girlfriend and they're having sex and she has to talk him through sex because he forgot how to do it.
0: Yeah. But, but uh, at the end of the movie, he tells an uncle joke.
1: (laughs) So dude. Yeah. I'll pass. It's so weird because it's so inappropriate on every level. Like, all these people are mentally ill. They don't deal with their mental illness. They don't. And it's like played for like, so, so they all go to the, the same therapist, They car together and their car hits a, a pothole that wrecks the car. And so they're out like they to fix it's going to cost them. I forget, like a hundred bucks or something. So they're going to take their fight to city hall. So it's the mentally ill fighting city hall. So they're all their plans are like, I want to say they wanted to go for like a Marx brothers type thing, but it's so much in the real world that it comes across very poorly. Mm-hmm. It's just so bad. Like everything executed in it is done bad. And I remember as a kid going, well, I love welcome back Cotter. And I've seen Robert Klein stand up. This is going to be funny. And I guess as a kid, maybe I thought it was funny, but it was so, watching it now, it's really funny because it's so inappropriate, but that's about the only thing good I, I could say about it. Yeah. Okay. You have anything else? Uh, now I got a trailer for uh, next week. Okay. Roll them. Let's see here. Where am I now? Next week, we'll be watching Disco Godfather from
0: 1979. Oh, God. Yes, I'm glad to you see your face and the taste. I'm rough and tough and don't take no stuff. Yes, this is the Godfather talking to you. Oh, I want you to put a little slide in your and some soul. Soul and some dip in your Jesus hip, God. some strut in your down is the place to be. If you need a little oven, you can call we'll hide, hide <laughs> on <a dispenser. laughs> on all to me to and you it come to. <laughs> and come on in <laughs> if you crave satisfaction, this is a place to find that action. Coming to this theater as its next attraction is a picture that will put you in traction. Yes, oh God, wow. starring me, Rudy Ray Moore. Get oh God. Wow. Oh boy, here it comes.